Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The Billion Dollar Bluff. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Aaron Solomon, Chief Legal Analyst for Esquire Digital. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me, Tanya. Of course, give us a quick summary of your professional background and tell us what Esquire Digital is all about. So I'm a lawyer by training, and I've also been a writer for a long time. And I think I spend a lot of my time these days not only helping lawyers build and grow their practices, but also writing about things where the law intersects with, for example, sports or technology. Uh, and this is, you know, the Theranos case is absolutely one of those where the law is currently intersecting with technology. At Esquire Digital, that's exactly what we do is we provide content and we provide strategy to help lawyers grow their firms and be more successful. So you've already put it out there. And so for the few people maybe in our audience that are not already familiar with Elizabeth Holmes and her med tech startup Theranos, give us a short summary of why she's in the news right now. So Elizabeth Holmes was 19 years old when she dropped out of Stanford University. And I promise I won't make the story as long as it sounds like it's going to be with that introduction. But she started a company called Theranos. And the idea was that she was going to be able to draw very, very small amounts of blood for people, particularly those who were really afraid of the traditional blood tests. And she was going to be able to get the same kind of data and even more than they would in those big machines. Well, her company had a lot of very enthusiastic investors and it didn't work out. So where we are now is in a court of law trying to figure out whether she knew all along it was never gonna work out and she was defrauding both investors and end users or she was a startup founder, a young person who had a lot of hope and a lot of belief in what they were building and genuinely hoped that the technology would catch up to the idea. But after a lot, a lot meaning, you know, $100 million plus investors and very, very influential board members, uh, Elizabeth finds herself this week in a court of law, defending against a criminal rather than civil action. So here we are today, to your point. So as of early autumn 2021, what is the status of the trial? So Elizabeth Holmes is beginning a criminal trial and she's also being charged along with her co-founder and reputed romantic interest, uh, Sonny Bawani. Now he is gonna get a different trial beginning in January for a variety of reasons. He asked to have a trial separate from that of Elizabeth Holmes because he didn't wanna be defending himself, he, he and his lawyers claim against both the charges and her accusations at the same time. So she either having a comparative advantage or disadvantage, I guess only time will tell, her trial is first and it's beginning in United States District Court in the Northern District of California in San, in San Jose uh, this month, it started last week. Doctors, investors, business executives, and even high profile government officials were 
deceived for years in this scam. How can this happen to so many supposedly smart people for so long? So I personally have very, very little sympathy for the investors, and here's why. These were not only legally accredited investors. These, as you said, were very, very savvy investors. So the investors all should have known better. And if they weren't doing things like asking the right questions about the technology, about where the money was going, about Holmes's own expertise and background, then you're going to lose a lot of money as they did. So of all of the parties involved, I personally have the least sympathy and empathy for these investors, all of whom have done very, very well in life and the money that they've lost with Theranos isn't going to make or break them. The actual charges in this case are actually pretty simple. What are the challenges though facing the federal prosecutors in San Jose? I'm gonna tell you right now that I believe that the federal prosecutors in San Jose have bit off far more than they can chew. They have to prove during this trial that Elizabeth Holmes was really defrauding everybody she met from investors to you know, Walgreens, the pharmacy that was using the Theranos technology to the end users. The reality is history is probably gonna show that maybe there was a little bit of that, but there was also some of the element that this is a startup founder, a young person who kind of lost the thread of reality. And so deeply, genuinely, and also erroneously believed in her startup and her power as an entrepreneur. If it's a little too much of the latter, prosecutors aren't gonna get a guilty count from this jury. It's not going to happen because what the prosecutors have done is set this huge challenge for themselves of having to prove that Elizabeth Holmes is within legal terms, a fraud. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Will the fraud charges really address what I think is the bigger issue, the risks to which patient, patients were exposed? That's a, that's a really fantastic question. So patients were exposed because they trusted the technology. So fraud really comes into play if both Chi and Sunny knew that this machine they were using, the Theranos machine was called Edison. And as we've already learned, we don't need the trial to tell us this, Edison didn't work. It turned out that they were actually running a lot more tests you know, with normal amounts of blood being drawn and normal technology than they were on their own. But again, there's a big difference between saying, look, our technology isn't where it needs to be right now, but if we work hard enough and we have the right people surrounding us and the right investors, we're confident that's gonna get there. As opposed to, we know this technology doesn't work. It's never going to work. And we're essentially ripping everybody off with this black box that is Edison. So if it was the latter, then absolutely. You know, it's, it's a very, very bad thing that she did and it is fraudulent according to the charges. And, you know, end users did get hurt. Why do you anticipate 
a high drama trial along the lines of O.J. Simpson of 30 years ago? Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because O.J. Simpson really launched, this trial really launched the notion of both the network court TV and televised real life court drama. This has all of the elements of O.J. Simpson's trial. And I was actually in law school during O.J. Simpson's trial. That's a long time ago. But it has even more. For example, one little thing we already saw this week. There was this mystery man showing up at trial. And reporters asked who he was. There was something strange about him. And he gave a fake name. Well, long story short, it turns out that he is the wealthy hotel magnate father of the person that Elizabeth Holmes is with and just had a baby with, but refused to say who he was. There are all kinds of small but interesting dramas like this that are going to come out because Elizabeth Holmes was a very popular figure and she was a very polarizing figure. John Carreyrou broke this story with the Wall Street Journal uh, in the beginning and started this whole snowball of awareness, if you will, and all of the stories that are gonna come out. But I guess the big question I have is based on what information we have and whether it's former employees coming forward or uh, new information that maybe even come out uh, over the next coming days in the trial, what lessons should entrepreneurs and investors take away from this? So I think that the lesson that entrepreneurs always need to be reminded of, and this is certainly an excellent one, is that fake it until you make it, which is kind of a Silicon Valley mantra, only goes so far. There's always going to be a little bit of fakery, you know, before you have your MVP, your minimum viable product, or before you've got revenue, or before you have paying users. But there's a big difference between faking it, knowing that the things are proceeding apace, and faking it and being fraudulent. As far as investors go, you would not believe, Tanya, how badly so many investors do due diligence. And I've got a long answer for that, but I'll keep it quite short. It's because of the way the venture capital game works. They know that they're going to lose their money on the vast majority of their investments. And on a couple of their investments, they may break even. And then on one or two out of every 10 investments, they have to make a very, very big hit. So contrary to what the public believes, some of these big name investors actually do far worse due diligence on these companies and these founders than they should. So that's got to be a lesson for investors. Keep your eyes open, ask the right questions. And if you run into an Elizabeth Holmes, and by the way, I have in my career as a very, very low level angel investor and a startup mentor, and I've run for the hills because you know some of the people that I've met have had Elizabeth Holmes written all over them. Aaron Solomon, Chief Legal Analyst for Esquire Digital. Thanks for coming on to talk about this coming trial and what we might see and how this might change investments in Silicon Valley. Thanks again for your time. If somebody wants to follow you, what's the best way they can do that? They can see a lot of the pieces that we generated Esquire Digital at todaysesquire.com. Thanks again, Aaron. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. It was. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on all the major podcast platforms under the Tanya Hall Innovation Show or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.